Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining another Solar Tech Talk. Today, we have a special episode where we are looking ahead at the upcoming NABSEP Continuing Education Conference. That's happening in Knoxville, Tennessee on August the 9th through 12th. So we have several guests with us today who are here to talk about the conference itself and what they're going to be doing for the conference. So first up, we are going to talk with Brian Mayfield. He's the owner of Mayfield Renewables. We're excited to have him on the show. Welcome, Ryan. So yeah, Mayfield Renewables, we are a technical consultancy. We have design and engineering. So we do system designs for contractors. We have a technical content and production side of the business where we work with manufacturers, put together um, things like white papers, technical content. We're doing some video production for people now. And so um, kind of multifaceted in terms of taking technical content and bridging the gap between marketing and engineering uh, in order to improve the the information that's being out into the sent out to the in industry. And then we also have some uh, training and education. So falls right into what we're doing at NABSEP with the different training sessions we're doing and some of the other things that we've uh, put together. Yeah, you guys have some really interesting course courses that are available for folks to check out. Um, and I've seen um, quite a few YouTube videos that your team has produced yes. that are extremely informative and yep. great resources for folks leading into NABSEP so that they can make sure that they're they're up to date and going to be able to ask great questions. So, so you've been attending NABSEP, you said, for about eight years now? Ten years. So oh, this, is their, this is their 10th anniversary. And so this will be the 10th time that I've gone teaching the, the NEC code class. So it's been just an absolute lot of fun. I, I love going to the show every year, uh, seeing a lot of new faces, a lot of the same faces and yeah, talking, you know, I, I love to talk code. So I uh, get to nerd out for a good three solid days and talk with people who like talking about code as much as I do. What do you think um, will, will be different this year about the, the ones that we've gone to previously? That's a great question. I think, you know, I think just being the first one back since everybody be able to be in person, that's just going to be have just a different feel about it. I expect from talking with the folks at NAPSAP, I expect it, you know, the the attendance might be even up a little bit from previous years. Uh, I think people are itching to to get out of the house and get in front of people. You know, just some of the things, the extra things that they're doing with some of the trainings, I think uh, will draw hopefully some, you know, a, maybe a little bit different crowd. Um, but yeah, so hopefully seeing a lot um, more new faces this year. Yep, I hope so as well. Tell us the best thing about the NAPSEP conference for you. What, what do you like most other than, you know, getting to talk to folks within the industry and, um, you know, talk code? What, what are some of your favorite? Yeah, so those are always, you know, first to mind, just being able to see people, seeing colleagues, people um, that gotten to know over the years. I guess I'm really excited about it. What I like about the show is how relatively small it is and kind of the intimate feel of it all. You know, nothing against SPI, nothing against InterSolar. I go to those shows all the time. I love those as well. But NAPSEP just has that, uh, you know, very small feel. They, everybody there being, you know, NAPSEP certified, the, the companies that come and exhibit, they send their geekiest people as well. Uh, and so that's always fun because, you know, walking into the booth, you're going to find somebody who you can just go to town with on, on different subjects and that, and they know their stuff and they're excited to be there as well. So that 
that's, I would say, you know, some of the, the things that I love most, you know, um, looking most forward to. Yeah, it's, it's such a great place to be able to, you know, bring together so many disparate parts of our industry and learn from each other. And you mentioned that you're going to be presenting a codes and standards session this year. Yeah, so it'll be uh, the six hour codes NEC um, code class. That's been my, my standard class that I've been doing throughout the conference history. And so, yeah, it's uh, somehow each year find that NAPSEPA invites me back to talk six hours of code, but it's, in, it does become engaging. You know, some people hear that and kind of like, whoa, that's pretty hardcore. That's, uh, and, but you know, in the end, I think it's, uh, it's a great class. Uh, it's at the end of the conference. Uh, and so it's generally pretty well attended and people are excited to talk code and, and the interaction part of it is what I think I really like the best too, is because this is not a quiet crowd. This is, these are folks that are going to pop up and they're going to ask the hard questions. Everybody's got their story. They want to ask, you know, that one time when that inspector did that one thing, uh, they want to bring that up and talk about it, which sometimes it's great. Uh, sometimes it can get us a little off track, but you know, all in all, it's it's good stuff. Um, so just getting all of those minds in the in the single room uh, and people excited to talk about it is is great. Yeah. Um, well and- attended is an understatement. I every year your room is packed to the brim with people who just want to nerd out on code. I love that. <laughs> that you always draw such a crowd. Why is this important? Uh, Thanks for saying that. And I I like to think part of it is, you know, my class, I think also, I also contribute part of that is it's a a requirement from for NAPSEP CEU. So I won't take all the credit on people uh, filling that room because some of them just (laughs) have to be there. So understanding how to apply the electrical code, understanding being able to read the code somewhat know what the intentions are uh, and you know I talk about that and in, you know installing and uh, inspecting to intentions isn't really what we can do but uh, understanding what what the code making panels were trying to do uh, and you know I try and stay on top of things talking with folks that are part of those code making panels uh, doing my own research and just you know in my day-to-day work I'm involved in it quite a bit so it's um, yeah, it's important just to to make sure that we're installing you know high quality systems, meeting the the absolute bare minimum. And I mean, code is the bare minimum, and NABSEP always strives for for bigger and more, uh, bigger and better, I should say. But um, making sure that we're all on the same page uh, when it comes to code. Yeah, and I, I I know from my experience, I've gotten a lot of insight about you know what the intention of of the panels that were developing the code was as they were right. developing it, which really does help clarify what's going on with some of those conversations that come up with inspectors. Yeah. Um, I think that that's incredibly important. So there have been a lot of changes to code over the last couple of years. And, you know, this is a six hour presentation, but are there bits of it that you could say that you're looking forward to most? Um, are there things that, you know, are, are going to be interesting to folks who have attended in the past and, and going to be new to them? Um, yeah, you know, focusing on the changes is always the most exciting and the best stuff for me. I think we're past the point with rapid shutdown in the industry where we can just kind of move past it. I'm excited about not having to dwell on that for two and a half hours, um, although some people may want to still. But yeah, the, the changes are always, you know, and what, what's different this year. And, it, you know, so we'll talk about in the class, we'll talk about the 2020 version. That'll be the primary focus. But so many folks are still on 2017. We can't just skip over that and ignore that. So, you know, talking about those differences and those changes. Yeah, I can't wait to get a, a really detailed play-by-play of, you know, what the differences between the different code cycles are right now and, and how folks will encounter that as they're working through their installation. We're about at time, Ryan. So is there anything else that you'd want to add before we 
I would love if I can just give kind of somewhat of a shameless plug, just talking about, I'm doing the class. Uh, Justine Sanchez on my team is doing a codes and standards class on energy storage. It's a PV plus storage. So that's going to be, you know, a 90 minute session. I would highly encourage folks to, to check that out. Uh, Sarah Pavey from our team is also going to be doing a round table. So if you're there early and are on the round tables, you know, go and talk to Sarah. We're going to have a booth for the very only the second time ever. Uh, and so that'll be exciting. And then the other, the big thing that I wanted to mention is Kate's going to be joining us. We're doing a solar version of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on Wednesday evening. And so um, that should just, it's an after hours event. Uh, it'll be there on the floor. So it'll be a lot of fun. If you, you know, are familiar with the, the NPR show, we're kind of taking a, a solar spin on that. That sounds like such a fun event. I can't wait to see y'all on stage yeah. kind of yeah. quizzing each other. S Scott from Bodie and is emceeing it. And it was kind of one of his, uh, kind of his brainchild. We did it last year as a virtual event. So now bringing it to an in-person uh, event is going to be um, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see you and, and Scott and Kate and everyone else there in person. We're here with Rebecca Wren. Uh, she's a solar engineer at Airbnb and a well-known personality in the PV and storage community. We're here to talk with Rebecca a little bit about her experience with NABSEP. So Rebecca, can you tell us a little bit about your history with the conference? How did you first hear about it and how many times have you attended? Yeah, so I went to the very first conference in 2011 in New York State. At that time, I had been NABSEP certified probably for four or maybe five years, probably four years. And so, you know, of course I was on the, you know, the, the news serve and getting the emails and updates mm -hmm. and just thought it sounded like a, a pretty cool experience. Um, and so I went up to New York for the conference. It was really small. I think it was about 150 people, maybe less on um, that first conference. Uh, but still a really great experience. There was a lot of manufacturers there, really good training. It was great to meet other installers and get to meet manufacturers one-on-one. -on -one. And so since then I've been to every conference except for one. I think I missed the conference in San Diego probably five years ago. Um, NAPSIP tries to, you know, move the conference from region to region over circulating years so people from different regions can come. And so I think we'll miss one. Probably, I think the theory is that you'll every, go every three years because you can get all your continuing education credits every three years, but I couldn't go every year. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a testament to, to how fun it is and how great it is to be able to see so many other folks from the industry share ideas and, and knowledge about um, what you've experienced over the last year plus, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, what I always say is that I, I go to the big conferences too, although honestly not as much as, as the NAPSEP conference. And at the big conferences, you know, you go to a booth and a lot of times you'll try and find a technical person at the booth and it's really hard. And they'll say, oh, you got technical questions here. Let me give you this phone number or this email. I can't answer those right now. You know, or come back later and try and find a technical person. And NAPSEP conference is totally the opposite where, you know, the only people at the booth are technical people and the only people at the trainings are technical people. So and one of the things I really like about it. Everybody is there excited about geeking out about solar energy and storage. <laughs> yeah. What would you say is, is the best thing about the NAPSEP conference? What has you going back year after year, making sure that you don't miss, miss any when you can? Well, <laughs> it's a good place to catch up with solar friends, which is always fun. You know, NAPSEP keeps it pretty small, which I think is nice. You know, usually in the 500 to 700 people range is about as big as it gets. And so it doesn't feel overwhelming and you, you know, you feel like you know almost everybody there. And so you get to catch up one-on-one -on -one with people about you know, what they've been seeing in the field, what equipment they've been using, what's working, what's not working. Um, and also the manufacturers or all the manufacturers I use are there. And so you can also catch up one-on-one -on -one with all of them. Um, and I like that, you know, smaller 
conference. You know, I, I understand why people go to conferences and they need to talk to lawyers and financiers and, you know, marketers and salespeople. And, you know, that has to be done too, but this is a very different target audience, which I like. Same here. Yeah. And so my understanding is you'll be leading a, a session this year, not your first time. I know I've attended some of your sessions in the past and they've always been incredibly informative. Um, I believe I attended a, a storage seminar that you led a couple of years ago. Um, I think that one was in Dallas, if I'm remembering correctly. And, and it, it really taught me a lot. What's the, what's the session that you'll be leading this year? And why do you feel like it's an important topic for the, for the attendees to uh, learn more about? Yeah, so the session this year, it's just a two-hour session, and it's on Wednesday, I think, from 2 to 4 p.m., uh, and it is just East time, Eastern Coast time, as we're not so is. Um, and it's a codes and standards updates panel, and I've done it a few years running. And uh, so this year's going to be a little bit different. In the past, we've tried to cover, I think, too much information and talked about electrical code and building code and energy storage fire code, and it, it was too much information for just two hours. So this year, we're really just going to try and focus on electrical code and related standards. So 1741 and 3741 and 2703, some of the new standards that really tie into some of the changes that are going on in the electrical code. And uh, so it's going to be very NEC focused along with the uh, UL standards. We're going to talk a little bit about IEEE standards that go along with that. And I'm also really excited because uh, we're going, the entire panel is going to be co-making for uh, co-making panel for members. And so I think it's a pretty unusual um, experience to be able to have that many co-making panel members in one room. And so we can all, you know, give our theory on why the code says what it says. And we all have a lot of background about how it ended up this way and why the industry is pushing us to make certain changes in the code. That's fantastic. Um, can, you, can you briefly clarify? I'm not sure if I caught the, the name of the, of the session. I think it's electrical codes and standards updates. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Very straight. Electrical codes and standards. <laughs> yeah. Other fancy. Electrical codes and standards updates. So for that, there's going to be other, session, other sessions on uh, structural and building codes and standards. There's another session particularly about energy storage. And so we're going to try and stay pretty focused on electrical code, although we will touch on some of the new uh, code requirements. And they're more like allowances for uh, energy management systems and power control systems, the things that allow microgrids to operate, microgrids and smart grids. And so we'll touch on energy storage, but uh, through the lens of the electrical code. Um, I think it'll be a, a pretty straightforward thing to answer, but why do you feel like this is important for folks to make sure that they come learn more about? Oh, well, you know, because we change the darn code every three years. <laughs> but I mean, the reason yeah. we change it is because the industry is changing so fast and like even more so now than ever, I think, with all of the new equipment and like honestly, all the new UL standards that are out there for things like microgrids and power control systems that let you do, you know, pretty fancy, unique things when you're installing solar and batteries, we're going to have a lot of new opportunities, I think, to make systems less expensive um, and to also not have to do so much um, retrofitting or upfitting of services when we install systems in the future. I think things are going to get easier to put in bigger systems and to put in more complex systems now that we have a little more ability to uh, control the power flows in the system. And the code, I think, is doing a pretty good job of, of keeping up with those changes. Yeah, it, it has been pretty interesting to watch the code cycles try to keep up with the rapid changes in technology. And, um, you know, on the storage front in particular, but on the PV front as well, 
there's a lot of um, maturation uh, <laughs> that our industry is going to be going through over the next few years. And I think sessions like yours at NABSEP really give folks an opportunity to understand what is uh, the reasoning behind the changes in the code cycle and how can they communicate with any inspectors or other um, AHJ officials about um, questions that, that those folks have about the, the system design or proposals that they've submitted for approval. You know, I, I, we're not going to leave out some of the, uh, you know, favorite topics either. We're definitely going to touch on rapid shutdown, which always comes up. And actually, I think some pretty exciting things are happening with rapid shutdown. And we'll also talk about, there's two new sections in 705. Um, you know, 690 in the 2020 code cycle, Article 690 stayed pretty much the same. But 705 got like a massive overhaul. It's got two new sections, 705.11, which is supply-side connections, and 705.13, which is power control systems. So we're definitely going to talk about that and also touch on you know, any other sort of big-hitting changes that happened in 2020. And I think we'll have you know, the right people on the panel to uh, give some background on you know, how these changes affect installers and the functionality that they're looking for in the systems and how to interpret what the code is saying. So we'll have um, Jason Fisher, Ward Bauer, Brian Mahalik, and probably Bill Brooks. I think Bill's going to make it. Who are all co-making uh, panel four members for a pretty long time. So, And also, they, uh, we've got a, a lot of us are also on standards technical panels for 1741 and 3741. So we can talk a lot about the standards behind the equipment. Absolutely. Yeah, there's some some industry heavy hitters on that list. So I'm really looking forward to joining joining you all for the session and learning more about um, you know what's happened between 2017 and 2020 in terms of the code cycle. Awesome. Yeah, it should be really fun. You know, they're a fun gang. <laughs> and we're always trying to motivate people to get more involved in codes and standards. So you should register now. It's probably going to sell out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't wait. If you if you haven't registered, get your NABSEP spot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. talk to your Baywa sales rep. Um, I'm sure they can help you find out how to sign up. We're excited to have with us today, Sean O'Brien. Sean is the president and CEO of NABSEP. And we are very excited to have him here today to talk about the upcoming Continuing Education Conference. So Sean, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in NABSEP? Uh, came to NABSEP in November of 2016. Board was looking for a new executive director. I had been in the certification uh, licensure business for about 24, 25 years at that point. In a whole different industry, I was working in mental health. So I was the chief operating officer for the largest mental health certification uh, board in the world and had been working for them for about 22 years or so. Had a lot of experience, obviously, in certification, a lot of experience working with state licensure boards, and a lot of experience of expanding uh, certification programs internationally. So when I started with my former employer, we were in, you know, in the U.S., Canada, and in one country outside the U.S. When I left, we were in uh, 22 different countries. When I started, we had about 40. We had a good size. We were about 30,000 certified people. When I left, we were about 80,000 certified folks. So it grew. So that's one of the things that uh, the NASA board was interested in. They wanted someone who actually not necessarily knew the solar industry. I was familiar with it enough, you know, kind of science geek. So I knew enough about it, but I was never in the solar industry, but had a strong understanding of certification. That's what they were looking for. And they were looking for ways to grow NAPSEP. So 
Could you give us a little bit of background on NABSEP, the organization, and and then um, the conference? Understanding that that you've been with NABSEP for five years, and it's a it's a much older organization than that. But can you tell us a little bit about what y'all do? Sure. So NABSEP is the certification board for renewable energy. Started off with you know that that first certification uh, with the PV installation professional, which had a different name at the time, uh, PV installer, I believe it was, and then with what we call the entry level, which is now the PV associate. So NASA kind of grew or did grow as the profession grew, and and what I mean by that is that back in the day, and I'll say that with the solar pioneers, they did everything. They sold, they designed, they installed, they commissioned, they inspected, maintained, right? And as time went on and as the industry changed and, and as the demographic of those trying to get into the industry changed or wanted to get into the industry, NASF saw that and said, we need to change as well. So today we have eight different certifications kind of representing those, the, the areas that we have identified as the eight areas that people kind of specialize in still have the PV installation professional. Best way to put it is the jack of all trades, does everything across the spectrum. But you have the technical sales, you have the PV design specialist, the commission and maintenance specialist, the inspector. So, and then we still have, as I said, that PV associate, which is very popular because it really works well for young folk who have just got out of high school or maybe getting a, a associate's degree and looking to get into the industry. Um, it helps them to sort of get their foothold. And what it's kind of become is kind of like I have a legal background. It's kind of like when you go to a law firm and they put you in all these different departments before they say, okay, you're going to work in torts or you're going to work in this department because that partner likes you. The PV associate kind of gives someone the ability to get into the profession, kind of do a little bit of everything and figure out, you know, I really like the design part of this. I like working with Joe in the design department. How do I become a design specialist? Or I like just doing inspections. And so how do I get into that piece? So the PV Associates worked well along those lines. So NASEP's growth has been kind of just trying to predict where the industry is going. Sometimes we're able to predict it. Sometimes we're in the middle of that curve, so to speak, of what's happening next. And we are looking at a new certification. It's you know, it's pretty out there. Well, it's not public information, but we're looking at a, a certification in, in energy storage. So we'll be doing a energy storage specialist, energy storage technology specialist. Not sure exactly how it's gonna look, but um, that's gonna be the next uh, certification. Is that something that will be available at, at this year's conference? Information will be, I should know, I'm hoping to get a final, it is going to be grant funded and we should have final word on that uh, by the end of the month, end of July. So it's something I want to highlight at one of those times I'm up on the stage at the conference talking about things. We have a lot of other things happening with the scholarship named after Les Nelson, a former board member who unfortunately passed away last last spring. Um, and that will be a scholarship for folks who uh, have demonstrated that they're dedicated to volunteerism. So, you know, less volunteered for God, so many you know, related organizations within the industry. So we wanted to do that. So we'll be doing a scholarship like that. It will have some do something to do with financial need, but mainly based on someone's history of being you know, volunteers. So it will pay for a variety of things. And Kate, you asked about the history of the conference. So this is the 10 year anniversary. First conference was in 2012 in Malta, New York. 
what we hear is not just us saying it, although we know it, it's much different from any other conference, as you know, in the industry. It's more technical-based. Every time we get a new exhibitor who comes to the conference, we tell them, you may not want to send your marketing people. You probably want to send you know, the person who answers the phone from your installers who are calling up and want technical support. Those are the generally the type of questions you're going to get at the conference. They're going to be much more technical than other uh, conferences that you may be accustomed to exhibiting at. And then with all the trainings going on. It is a different type of conference, but then very successful for NAPSEP, growing every year. And even you know, with everything going on over the last 18 months, 24 months, we're really back to where we were in 2019 as far as the size of the conference, number of attendees, number of exhibitors. Uh, there'll be nine, eight or nine concurrent trainings going on every time there's technical training. So there's a lot, a lot happening over those four days. That's uh, that's exciting to hear. Can you talk a little bit about last year and the changes that happened? And will we see lasting effects on the conference from the the pandemic? You had to ask about last year, didn't you, Kate? I mean, it took me nine months of therapy to get over last year's conference. <laughs> you you and all of us, oh right? Oh my gosh, that was tough. Um, Last year's conference was a little strange for NAPSA in that we had to cancel the in-person in March of 2020, three days before we we're supposed to start, which was just traumatic is the word I would think for us. I was you know, 18 hours away from getting on a plane to go to the conference and we had to cancel it because everything just broke loose. So it took a lot of work staff and, and searching for how we want to do the conference, waiting to see you know, in March, Everyone's like, oh, by April, we'll be fine. By May, we'll be fine. Come May, we're like, we need to do something different. So we purchased different softwares and things of that nature to be able to do a virtual conference. We announced it. And the strange thing that happened is our attendance went up by about 100 people when we announced it being virtual. Because it was folks who were, you know, were supposed to be in St. Louis area. There were some people on the East Coast and the West Coast who didn't necessarily want to fly to the Midwest. We were like, okay. And we had more international people because they were like, I can get there easier. So our attendee numbers went up. And then the benefit for the attendees that we, we wanted to show is we gave everyone, we said, okay, you're not going to get, we knew there, was, there wasn't any software out there that would deliver the experience of a show floor. We just knew it. Well, you weren't going to have the same. There still isn't today, in my mind, anyways. And I look at it, I do every single demo that comes across my desk. There still isn't. So we gave everyone, a, without even asking, a discount. We just said, listen, we're all going to give you back whatever it was, $125, $150 off your registration fee. You can either take it back or you can use it and apply it to a subsequent uh, conference. So a lot of people, we had some do both, and it was, it was great. They loved the idea that we were proactive with that. So we're about to have the conference. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks. What are you most excited about? It happening. Face-to-face <laughs> <laughs> interaction. I was texting someone today. I was uh, super keen who does all, or most of all, the logistics for the conference. Everyone knows Sue, and Sue knows everyone. It's amazing. Oh, she's great. I sent her an email this morning. I said, I wish the conference was next week. But I'm most excited to see folks you know, get back to network and get back to... I'm really looking forward to the first reception after the the, the keynote um, Baywa is sponsoring. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be outside. It's in the area where the World's Fair was back in 81, 82, maybe, in Knoxville, on a patio out there by the river. 
and just looking to, for that, looking for those those dinners where everyone's sitting around and you know have that open bar and everyone's just relaxed after a long day of trainings. I'm really looking forward just to seeing folks, getting back into that rhythm and letting people know. It's the easiest way to let a group of you know, 500 people know what's happening with NAPSEP because you tell those 500 folks, they go and tell just one person, now you've reached a thousand people, obviously, you know, that whole. So now we have five different initiatives that we'll be launching other than just the energy storage certification that we'll be launching over the next eight to 10 months that we've just been holding on for one reason or another. So there's a lot happening that we're just starting to roll out. We'll start to roll out actually uh, Thursday when we launch our new CMS program. So not only were we doing all that, we we did a whole new website and we did we have a whole new uh, platform for folks to apply for certification and do their recertification. We were doing all that during the pandemic. So the new the new CMS program, it will still be called MyNapsEP, by the way. We're ready to launch that. That will be launched on Thursday, July 22nd. Um, so folks will be able to go in. Uh, everyone will get actually everyone will get emails. Wednesday, July 21st, all certificates will get emails about how to log into the new system. All the registered training providers with NAPSEP will get emails about how to log into the new system. And then the system will be live uh, Thursday, July 22nd. Well, this, this is really exciting. Um, a, a lot of exciting news out of NAPSEP. Um, and we, I'm so excited for the conference. I know Aaron is excited for the conference. It's, um, you know, the, the first uh, big conference back after our year of <laughs> pandemic. We're, one of the things we will be talking about the conference and something that has started and has been publicized, but so all of NASEP's uh, certifications now are, are accepted by for the GI Bill reimbursement. So it's a lot we're trying to do for veterans. Wow. So all, all our certifications are GI Bill for reimbursement and we're doing what we're calling fast tracks. So, and what it is, is we're not going to exempt anyone from any of the technical training that's required to get certified. But we are, for different requirements, going to recognize the training and experience uh, a veteran uh, received while serving in the military. So they will have to give us their DD-214 and everything to verify certain things. But uh, it's a way to help veterans get into, into the industry and to recognize and honor their service to our country. So like someone, for instance, who was in the military, not necessarily volunteering, but you know, no, they could get the GI Bill reimbursement for their certification. And then there's other ways of, of getting some scholarships that we're going to have available for them to help pay for their, their training as well. So we're trying to make it remove as many barriers as possible to help veterans who want to get into the system, uh, into the industry, into the industry. We we'll also have the veterans appreciation uh, breakfast at the conference during the conference on Tuesday morning, I believe. I think I'm Tuesday morning. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday morning. Okay, this is Wednesday morning. Women in Solar Breakfast, which is now Kate. Uh, the Women and Gender Minorities in Solar Breakfast. Thank you. Okay. We had to close it at 100 because the room only hold 100 people, but I think we're just about at 100 for that breakfast. Fantastic. So you're going to have a full room. Yeah, so those are a couple of things also that happened at the conference. And so, yeah, and I got to give a big shout out to Bay. I mean, you guys, you know, four or five years ago, stepped up, took over the platinum sponsorship and have been true to your word. You know, it was basically a handshake and it was like, we will do this for the foreseeable future. Thank you, Sean, for being here. This was great and really appreciate your time. <laughs>